love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. My brother had a, a tendency to fall asleep on the car ride from Eugene, Oregon, up to Abbotsford, British Columbia. He would often wake up after my dad would carry him up the stairs into my grandparents' condominium, and it was like he was transported to this magical place. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's 62-year love story belongs to David and Irene Falk from Saskatchewan. In the 1950s, they were living on different continents when a fateful mosquito bite brought them together. They went on to live a shared life of love, kindness, and contribution until, sadly, their journey came to an end due to COVID-19. But their love story lives on through the many people they inspired, including their grandson, David Jr. He's my guest in this episode. Hi, David. Hello. I, my first question has to be about mosquitoes because I think most people find them so irritating and annoying, but I'm really curious to know how you feel about mosquitoes. So mosquitoes and I go way back to before I was born. Uh, my grandparents actually would never have gotten married, most likely if it weren't for a mosquito bite. So they originally met in teacher's college in Saskatoon. Um, but they weren't on track to get married or anything quite yet since my grandma had a calling to be a missionary in Cameroon in Africa. Uh, so first she traveled to Paris for uh, French lessons before continuing on to Cameroon. And uh, she intended to spend the rest of her life there uh, working as a missionary um, and working as a teacher for the children of missionaries. But she contracted malaria and had to fly back to Canada, where my grandpa and my grandma reconnected. So uh, in a way, without that mosquito bite, my parents would not have been born, my dad specifically, which means I would not be here. So I have a new appreciation that pretty much any animal out there um, has a purpose somewhere in our, our food chain and ecosystem. I'm guessing that there aren't a lot of tattoos of mosquitoes, but uh, maybe this calls for one. Who knows? Absolutely. <laughs> Can you take me back? We're so intrigued by this story of theirs. Can you take me back to the very beginning when they first met? Sure. So going all the way back. Um, so my grandfather, David Falk, who I'm named after, uh, he was born on September 10th in 1931 in Dundurn, Saskatchewan, to his parents, David and Tina Falk. Um, and he was the eldest of six children growing up on a family farm. And where they met was at Teachers College in Saskatoon. And that's where he went, met um, my grandmother, Irene. Irene was born October 5th, 1929, on a farm outside Leroy, Saskatchewan, um, both wanting to teach, feeling that that was their uh, calling at the time. And then they both ended up teaching a variety of subjects uh, and even after retirement continuing to teach English as a second language to immigrant families in, in Canada. So when your grandmother came home, was it malaria that she contracted? It was malaria. That's right. How sick was she? 
Um, she was very sick, um, sick enough that it wasn't worth risking um, potentially dying um, in Cameroon. And the hospital care she required was uh, more easily available at home in Canada. And uh, they continued to write letters while she was in Africa, um, back and forth. And so they had stayed in touch. But then when she returned, that was kind of the opportunity uh, for for them to continue to grow in their relationship and eventually get married. So how did their paths come together again once she was home? He was notified that she had um, made it home uh, safely to uh, to Canada. They ended up continuing to date and they got married on July 30th in 1958 and um, had three children, Joel, Gary, and Daniel, Daniel being my father. Let's get to the romance, though. Did they talk about their courtship at all? Absolutely. So we actually do have um, boxes of, of letters, um, both from um, before uh, she left uh, to, Can- to Cameroon, as well as uh, letters that she wrote um, while she was a uh, missionary there. And for them, um, they came from different backgrounds. Uh, she was a Lutheran. He was a Mennonite. There was a lot of geography separating them, but there was religion was also a huge obstacle, I'm sure. Although they're both Protestant Christian, uh, when it comes to you know certain family traditions or rituals or, or certain beliefs, there are sometimes some differences there. This was a time when it was quite common that families often felt more comfortable with people marrying someone of a very similar faith, not just for faith reasons, but cultural reasons. Uh, but fortunately, my grandma and grandpa, despite um, different backgrounds, were really able to come together. And it's actually their shared Christian faith and values uh, that was uh, one of the hallmarks of, of their relationship and something that uh, brought the families together despite despite some differences. Did their parents have a hard time with it? In, in the Mennonite tradition um, at that time, uh, despite those differences in background, they were able to come together they came to realize that it was a great match. Absolutely. No, anyone that met them knew it was it was true love for sure. Um, they both just had such a, a zest for life, such a, a passion for helping other people through teaching and just for through being generous in general. Um, and they both had a sense of um, spiritual calling that it was their calling to help others. Tell me about what their lives were like once they got married. You know, those three kids were definitely a handful. Uh, my uncle Joel, um, he was the eldest, and he ended up going into engineering. Um, but uh, of course, my dad Daniel remembers stories of the challenges of being the younger sibling of three um, uh, in those times, and they would sometimes get into fights, but also uh, maintained a good friendship. What did they love to do together? Um, they loved to play games together. Um, I know whenever we would come over for Christmas or any time of the year, we would often play uh, crokinole. It's a game where you um, flick uh, wooden discs, trying to get close to the center, kind of like curling, but on a much smaller scale. Um, <laughs> we would play other uh, card games and uh, different board games around around Christmas time and Easter. Um, music was huge. So uh, my grandma played auto harp. And actually after um, my grandma and grandpa retired, uh, my grandpa was the director of an orchestra of um, more elderly folks who would go around to the different elderly care facilities in Abbotsford, British Columbia, to um, share music with the residents there. And 
that was something that kind of was a um, a theme anytime we'd visit them, um, uh, singing music. Uh, if it was Advent, we'd be singing Advent ca uh, carols. My brother learned to play my grandpa's trumpet, and my brother also picked up guitar. So I think just singing uh, music in general, those were things that uh, really sparked joy for them and for our whole family. personal note you're kind of freaking me out because my mother is from Saskatchewan and she lived in North Battleford around the same time she's a little younger um, but she grew up in Medstead so it wouldn't have been too far away and her father played the trumpet <laughs> so I can't Canada's so big and so small at the same time I, isn't that strange that's right I can't help but think maybe you know their circles might have overlapped at some point I think it was Maya Angelou who said, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. I'm really curious to know how you felt going in to visit them in their home when you were young. It was very magical. Um, my brother had a, a tendency to fall asleep on the car ride from Eugene, Oregon up to Abbotsford, British Columbia. It's at least an eight hour drive. Um, and so he always, he put it best when he said he would often wake up, um, after my dad would carry him up the stairs into my grandparents' condominium in Abbotsford. And it was like, he was transported to this magical place because he'd wake up and it was grandma and grandpa's place. There were very specific, um, foods and smells and sounds, and they were always so loving. They just made you feel like you were the most special kid in the world. <laughs> um, I'm sure every, every grandparent. Um, wants to make their their grandchildren uh, feel spoiled in that way, but it really is true. Um, I think it became more difficult uh, once they moved into Tabor home. That was the seniors' residence they were living in. Yes. So um, both of their health um, started to decline over the last few years. Um, my grandpa developed Alzheimer's, and my grandma suffered a heart attack, uh, a stroke that left her with speech aphasia and also leg amputation. Um, so. Um, they weren't able to take care of each other and themselves uh, in their home anymore. So they moved into uh, Tabor home. Uh, they received really excellent care there. Um, but it's definitely challenging because if we were closer by, if we were living in Canada, um, we would be able to visit more often and be able to uh, take care of them more. Uh, there were activities, music, games um, for the residents, but all of that uh, was a big challenge once COVID hit. And they had had a lifetime of, it sounds like they had such zest for life. They had a lifetime of being engaged. So how did your family stay connected with them? Um, so we were able to do some calls through iPads, actually. Um, so uh, a couple uh, folks at, at Tabor Home would, would set up a, a call where we could FaceTime uh, with grandma and grandpa. Um, that's obviously not the same as being there in person, but just being able to see each other's faces and um, connect that way was something that uh, was a good comfort for us. And oftentimes we would uh, pray with them or uh, sing or play music to them uh, through the call, uh, since we knew that was something that uh, made them smile. 
even as my grandpa was losing his memory and would no longer um, really speak in complete sentences, he was still able to recognize and enjoy music. He would tap his foot, he would smile, sometimes hum, especially when uh, songs that reminded him of his childhood were played. That's um, so beautiful. He actually spoke low German growing up um, rather than English. Uh, and and so c- certain songs um, around Christmas time uh, are really special to him. That's really beautiful. But I know there was also a, a poignant tragedy in terms of losing both of them to COVID-19. How far apart? Um, within two weeks of each other. Um, so my grandma passed away uh, first, and then uh, my grandma, grandpa passed away just under two weeks later. It's a horrific situation to be in where normally you'd have a bit more closure, a chance to say goodbye. Um, but of course, since my family lives in the United States, there are very strict travel restrictions. So um, my dad had to travel to Canada and quarantine for 14 days by himself in a friend's basement uh, before he could attend the funeral, um, which was just a, a very small gathering with just a couple of um, immediate family. It was really tough. Can I ask without, I don't mean to be insensitive, but I'm wondering if, while it must have been so difficult to lose them so close together, is there something kind of beautiful to you about the fact that they, you know, went within two weeks of each other? Um, it's not like they would have shared COVID directly with each other because they were in different rooms and actually different halls of the same facility since they had very different um, physical needs uh, due to their different conditions. Um, and yet uh, they passed away within such a short time frame of each other. Um, I think in a way, maybe it's a testament to how much they loved each other. They were connected um, so close in this life. And I think it brings some comfort to think that my grandma welcomed my grandpa into heaven. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. When you think back on your entire relationship with them and also what you know of their history, can I ask you how you've been inspired by their story? Absolutely. Um, they were very generous, very modest, very loving people. They always would put the needs of others first, even to a fault. They truly believed that, you know, through education and through helping people, you can really make a difference. I actually ended up uh, double majoring in math as well as math education and um, did my student teaching to become a teacher. My family legacy in teaching, um, both both my grandparents uh, were teachers. My uh, dad is a university professor. My mom is a, a paraprofessional working with special ed students. Um, I think it's one of those things that runs in the family. It's so easy, um, especially with social media and with the internet to become focused on on yourself and uh, your small bubble and not to reach out to people who uh, are in need or who are different from you. And so I hope that I can also live a life where I can uh, put others first and, and be generous and to love without uh, reservation. I was just going to ask you, what did you learn from them about love? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I knew I wanted a marriage like that. You love for a whole lifetime. 
where you find joy through service together, um, just like they uh, taught together and volunteered together. Uh, my parents also went on to um, volunteer together. They would um, do prison ministry. Uh, I recently got married, actually, uh, December 5th, 2020. And I hope that um, me and my husband, Jason, can also find joy in doing service together and uh, volunteering together. I love the fact that you have extended their tradition. I think of them as having loved outside the lines a little bit. But of course, you come from a religious background. So did you experience some tumultuous times? Um, I've been really privileged that my parents were super loving and accepting and affirming, even if, you know, there are certain um, concerns that are very natural to have. If you're a parent of a child who is LGBTQ, such as, is my child going to be bullied? Are they going to um, be at risk for depression or anxiety because of what others think? I think that the most important thing is to show love what's at the heart there is you can judge a tree by its fruit if it's if it's bearing good fruit then that means that um it's something positive in the world and and for me i think um i'm able to talk to other people who are lgbtq who maybe don't believe that they can um, be both um, a person of faith and also um, be themselves and I hope that Jason and I, through our relationship, can be an example of uh, not having to choose between uh, your faith practice and, um, and who you are and who you love. Well, to extend your tree metaphor, it sounds to me like your grandparents planted a pretty strong family tree, and it occurs to me that their loving hearts seem to be beating in your chest. Thank you. And um, my, my husband, Jason, he's actually in seminary to become a pastor um, in the Presbyterian PCUSA denomination. So he will be graduating um, later this year uh, on track for ordination. And so um, I'm hoping through his ministry that he does, um, I can also um, be involved and uh, help reach out to people who uh, maybe are marginalized or uh, have experienced any kind of rejection from their own families. Is there one vignette that you can think of to tell me about a special memory you had with your grandparents? I think specifically at Christmas time, everyone gathered around um, either singing or playing an instrument, um, you know, singing Advent carols. That really is the picture of, of our family. Um, the joy of music, the joy of quality time together. You don't have to do anything extravagant, but it's just spending time together um, and also connecting with God. That was really at the core. So David, I was able to watch the beautiful memorial video that was done for your grandparents. How did that come about? Well, normally we would be gathering in person uh, for a funeral and a chance to share memories. But since we're all separated, uh, not just even in one country, uh, we had folks in Canada, United States and France, we wanted to be able to have some way to share memories between all of us. And so uh, my family decided 
it would be nice to have a YouTube video where we could just share the link that put together uh, the story of their lives as well as music that was important to them that would have been played at a funeral as well as images both from uh, you know their individual lives as well as uh, with their grandchildren and with their children and cousins and other family members, creating a slideshow of, of pictures with, with your loved one's story and picking out songs that remind you of them or that they loved. Uh, that's something that can be really powerful. David, thank you so much. This is a beautiful love story, and I'm so happy that you agreed to share it with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.